Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We have questions on dreams and paranormal encounters from the skies this week. Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week it's all about you in our listener special. At the start of every month, we like to dedicate a whole episode to you and your paranormal experiences. We'll also be speaking with those hard at work in ghost hunting groups. And this week, we have Southport Spirit Sisters and Crime Paranormal joining us. Well, let's kick things off with an email from Sarah. She got in touch with questions on some of the rules of the afterlife and Bigfoot. Hi Yvette, my name is Sarah. I'd love it if you dedicated an entire episode about Bigfoot. I never used to believe in them until I started watching my first Bigfoot show called Expedition Bigfoot, which is hosted by a group of scientists, and I became absolutely fascinated. Due to this, I also started to watch Finding Bigfoot, and the investigators on this really take the time to speak to and meet up with people to hear their real-life experiences. If they do exist, why has a dead one never been found. When they were dying, do they know they're dying? If so, do they take themselves off somewhere so they won't be found? Where do they go? I have never questioned the existence of the afterlife and aliens because I truly believe they exist. But having watched the Bigfoot programs, I'm still in the grey area. It's like you say, if so many people are reporting the same sightings and describing the same thing, then you can't all be making it up. So this is what makes me think that maybe they do exist. I'm totally 50-50 on the subject. I have so many questions and I'd love to hear your own personal thoughts. Finally, you mentioned a couple of times on your podcast and also on Most Haunted that when you ask certain or specific questions, the spirit you're talking to won't answer, which you find frustrating. I believe there might be rules on the other side that they have to follow when communicating, and I'll tell you why. When I was about 17, I'm 33 now, so a long time ago, my family and I went through a worrying time with my nan, who at the time was in hospital, and I remember visiting her and crying because of how much pain she was in. That night, or if not that night, it was certainly around that time, I had a dream about my granddad, who had passed away seven years previously when I was 10. He and I were sat in my parents' living room, with him sat in my mum's armchair, and I was sat on the floor next to him at his feet. I asked mum if he could see what was going on, and he said yes. The conversation continued until he said, you need to close your eyes now, and I asked him why, and he said, because you're not allowed to see how I came in. So I closed my eyes in my dream, 
and then woke up in bed. Now, take that as you will. But firstly, that was when I learned about visitation dreams. And secondly, the fact he said I wasn't allowed to see how he came in made me believe there must be rules that they have to follow. What do you think? Maybe you could ask your dad if there are rules the next time you speak to him and just see if he says yes or no. Anyway, I'll stop waffling now. Love the podcast and keep up the good work. Hi, Sarah. Well, just so you know, I've dedicated a series of bonus episodes on Big foot as well as some unexplained events that may be due to a Sasquatch, such as the Big Grey Man of Ben McDewey and Portlock, Alaska. And you can find more on these at paranormalpod.co.uk. And also, I did record an episode way back entitled, Does Bigfoot Walk Among Us? Now, do I think there are rules on the other side? Seems an odd thing, doesn't it? As when we pass over, the thought of more rules to follow does make my heart sink just a little. But I think you might be right. I have asked my dad that question. Are there rules, dad? Are you not allowed to tell me about God, for instance? There was no answer. But then I would move on to ask another question, a more simple one like, do you have to do anything there, dad? He tapped out gardening, which was a bit of a surprise to me, as I don't ever recall him being a gardener when he was alive, but I know that he did love flowers and sitting out in the garden. Now I imagine him working away in a beautiful garden on the other side. I remember once being in a garden center. Now this is going off a little bit of a sidetrack, but I think it's important. I remember once being in a garden center and my husband, Carl and I were thinking of getting a summer house. We stood in, now bear with me. We stood inside this one shed, a wooden shed and closed the doors. As soon as the doors closed, the knocking and tapping began. I asked various questions to make sure it was my dad. And then when we asked him if he thought we should buy this particular shed, he thudded very loudly once, meaning no. Bearing in mind, my dad really was a builder uh, when he was alive. Um, In fact, all the sheds we tried to buy, he would intervene and start banging out that this wasn't the right one. It wasn't until we stood in an old stable in our garden at home when he told us via knocking that this was the right one. And subsequently, Carl began to refer the building and now we have a very sturdy, dad-happy summer house. And we now use this little building as a place to conduct our sittings with the other side. It's a lovely little building. Thanks, Dad. So going back to uh, your question, I do think, like I say, there are rules. And I have asked my dad, are there rules? But he won't answer me, he won't tell me. And it was for years and years and years, I remember asking certain spirits certain questions, you know, about God, reincarnation, nothing. And then one day, I can't remember where we were, and I know I've talked about it on a previous episode on on, on the show, um, where one spirit came through and told me about reincarnation and how, yes, it does happen. It does exist. You do come back, uh, which I found absolutely so exciting because this was the first time that anybody had given me this information. And it was almost like I could imagine this spirit sitting there sort of like, you know, being a bit crafty and sneaky and going, well, I know no one's told her this, but she's been after this for years, but oh God, I might get into a bit of trouble if I quickly knock it through. (laughs) And that's how I imagine it. So, it seems that there there does seem to be some kind of, you know, filter what you can say and what you can't say and what information you can give us. Uh, and there must be a reason for that. Very interesting. Now, let's move on to an unnamed listener who got in touch with a voice note on WhatsApp to tell us more about his dreams that have come true. 
Hello there to everyone at the Paranormal Podcast channel. I absolutely love listening to your podcasts and I have a lot of experiences to share with you. I shall start by saying I have had several dreams that have actually come true. And I always know they will come true because during the dream I will always say, oh no, not again. And if I've said that, I know that it will come true. So I have dreamt of Princess Diana's death, as I believe a lot of people have, just before she passed away, two days before, and then it happened. I dreamt I was in an underground shopping center and the building above me collapsed, which was the Twin Towers. I dreamt there was an Indian rail crash, a helicopter crash by a motorway, and I dreamt we were being burgled. I'd felt uneasy all night and couldn't sleep and then I woke up to a massive crash and somebody had been sitting in the garden waiting for everyone to go to bed and thrown a brick through the back window. And they were so shocked it was double glazed they ran away. I had a friend who died of cancer, who I've been friends with for 25 years. And at her funeral, I was so devastated. I was having to be held up by someone because I was in such a state. Well, I saw her very briefly sitting at a table at her wake. And a few days later, I had this dream. I was standing by a cliff and uh, there were these two children with me and they said, we can't find our parents. I said, well, don't worry, someone will come along. And from the distance, there was a house and a figure coming closely towards me. At one minute, it was far away and then it was suddenly really close. And it was my friend and she said, don't worry about me, I'm okay, everything's okay. And she smiled and I woke up straight away, but she looked absolutely beautiful, stunning. I'd never seen her look so good. Her hair, her makeup, she was beautiful. And that's always stayed with me. And having met a psychic, she told me that she had visited me and that had happened. I had dreamt I was visiting an aunt in a high rise building. And over time, I visited a few times and she had passed away and I inherited the flat and I had moved in in my dream. Well, one thing that was nearby the flats was a library and it was a road and then all the flats on the left and the library on the right. Well, one day I was driving through a town and there was the high rise building and there was the library. I was so shocked, I couldn't believe it. Had I had a dream of somebody's past life, maybe? And I had also had a flatmate who had committed suicide by jumping in front of a train. I saw him once in the mirror, folding his arms and shaking his head. And a light went on in the oven, which was very strange because there were no lights in the oven. Anyway, I felt a lot of guilt. I didn't feel like I was there enough for him to help him. And the psychic who I'd spoken to about my friend had also said, he makes sure you're safe. He's always with you and making sure you're safe in this life because he knows how much guilt you felt about everything, but that it wasn't my fault. I work in a university and there's a color dark room. And one day I was in there late in the afternoon, my friend was outside on the laptop and with colored darkrooms, it's pitch black all the time because the paper you've got can't hit any light because otherwise it would be ruined. And uh, even the machine was going, ooh, it was a bit scary in there. I didn't feel great. And I walked out of there, but behind me, somebody walked past me and it was at the corner where I saw her very quickly and I realized it was my grandmother as a young lady. She had this tweed outfit on. 
it was like 1940s clothes and that was really surprising but apart from that when i was a child i think i must have been about eight or something there was a storm in we used to go with my parents to stay in this old house and it was owned by my dad's boss and it was 200 years old in places and the lady of the family had died in the living room well she supposedly haunted this house and we called her the lavender lady because whenever you brought lavender into, into the house it would disappear and uh, i had this lavender bunny rabbit by the side of my bed at one point next morning it was completely gone i've never found it since but one night there was a storm and i ran into my parents bedroom and there was a woman standing in the corner with a bonnet on her head so i ran straight back into bed and hid under the covers i have witnessed orbs in hampton court palace which i don't know if you've been to but i think that would be a good place to go to um and i've just felt the sense of energies in places where it's felt uneasy or or not quite right or something like that so those are all the experiences i can think of now i have actually also been on the most haunted ghost hunt at the hitchin schools museum and we didn't witness quite a lot um children the sounds of children playing in the playgrounds ouija board contact with children yes it all, all happened there but yeah i'm absolutely fascinated by your podcast and everything that people have to discuss and i look forward to hearing more well hello you thank you so much for your voice note i love getting them um having these dreams it could be considered a curse i wonder do you think of them as a blessing uh, it sounds to me like that you are definitely psychic, whether you choose to use this gift. And at the moment, uh, it, it sort of sounds and feels like you don't have a, a choice in the matter. How wonderful, though, that you have seen and heard from your friend and your grandma. And isn't it lovely to know that they are keeping an eye on you? Hampton Court is a place I would love to investigate. And we did go and have a recce there many years ago uh, to possibly do uh, a live for Most Haunted. And and as we walked around, we did hear noises and knocking. Uh, so I definitely know that Hampton Court is haunted. I mean, goodness me, it's history. And of course, uh, I we got the vibe that it was very active uh, as well. Unfortunately, we didn't do a live from Hampton Court because there were so many areas that were closed off. It was a shame, really. Oh, I'd love to get in there and investigate. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Uh, if you have any more experiences, don't keep them to yourself. Give me a call. Uh, lots of love to you and thanks again for your voice note. And now moving away from this and onto a set of strange experiences uh, when in places of worship from our listener, Arinta from Essex. Hi Yvette, I'm a first time emailer and an avid listener of your podcast. I thought maybe it was time I emailed myself. Well, very glad you did. The first time I experienced something otherworldly, I was about 22 and had attended evening mass with my mum a few Christmases ago at St Paul's Cathedral. I'm not a religious person, even though I was brought up Roman Catholic. It was never something I really followed. And so I class myself as atheist now. But while sitting there with my mum listening to the evening mass, it came to the point where everyone stood up and started blessing, I guess that would be the right term, the person next to them. Not really knowing what to do, I followed everyone's lead. 
As we were instructed to sit back down, I suddenly felt lightheaded and I felt like I was going to pass out. I grabbed onto my mum's arm to steady myself, but didn't say anything to her and just slowly sat back down. The cathedral was fairly warm, but all I could feel was a cold sweat running down my back and my shoulders felt so heavy. I struggled to lift my head. All I wanted to do was get out there and so eventually asked my mum if we could leave and thankfully she agreed, even though we were only halfway through Mass. Since then, I avoided going into cathedrals and old churches, even though both my mum and sister love walking around places of worship, I politely wait outside for them. The most recent time I experienced something else inside a cathedral was back in March. Mum and I had gone to Lithuania, where we're originally from, uh, for a little getaway and to see some family. We were sightseeing in Vilnius, I've been there, uh, with Blue Peter, the capital of Lithuania, and Mum coaxed me into visiting the cathedral right in the middle of the town centre because she'd never been inside it before. I agreed and so we stepped inside. The place was fairly empty with only a handful of other people inside it. There was a choir singing and someone was playing the organ, but otherwise it was quiet. We had only just started walking by the side of the pews when I was overcome with so much grief and anguish, my legs nearly gave out from under me. At that point, my mum had walked ahead of me as she was admiring the cathedral and all I wanted to do was run out of there. Both my breathing and my heart rate had sped up and I thought I was going to pass out from this invisible pressure. Both my breathing and my heart rate had sped up and I thought I was going to pass out from this invisible pressure. I felt the longer we were in there. Mum had turned back to see where I was and she noticed something was wrong with me. When she came closer, I pleaded with her to get me out of there. I had to rest pretty much all of my weight on her as we made our way out and I burst out into tears as soon as I felt fresh air on my face. Mum kept asking me what was wrong and all I could say was, there's so much pain, there's so much pain, which she thought I was talking about myself because I really suffer with back pain. Yvette, I'm sure you can relate. Yes, that I can. And when she asked me to elaborate, I told her that as soon as we stepped inside, all I could feel was sorrow, anguish and this overwhelming feeling of judgment. She'd asked if I was feeling judgment for myself and I vividly remember that none of that came from me. I promised myself then and there that I was never going to step inside another church or cathedral for as long as I live. So what would you make of that? Sorry for how long-winded this is, but I really want to share this story with you. Can't wait for the next episode. Huge, huge fan and a definite believer. Arinta from Essex. Well, hi, Arinta. Thank you for sharing this experience with me. Um, I'm thinking straight away that in a past life, something traumatic has happened to you in a church. I wonder what it could have been. It certainly doesn't sound very nice, does it? Now, the skeptic would say that the first time you felt uneasy and nearly passed out uh, could have been from a natural human body experience, perhaps overheating, maybe hadn't eaten enough for lunch and so on and so on. And ever since that first experience, um, you associate churches with sickness and pain. That's what they would say. Well, I don't agree with that at all. I truly believe that you must have been murdered or died in tragic circumstances uh, inside a church or a place of uh, worship uh, in a past life. Would you ever consider being regressed? 
I think it would give you some answers, definitely. As I don't know if you ever know, but uh, we did a regression uh, uh, session with myself on our bonus episodes. And um, let me tell you, it certainly sorted me out. Um, Recurring dreams, strange things were happening to me. And I kept thinking to myself, what on earth's going on? This is affecting this current life. Anyway, I was regressed, found out what was going on. And since then, I feel, well, like I'm back on track. It's marvelous. So this might help you. Um, Let me know. And perhaps we can put you in touch with the right person. We do know a very lovely lady. We recently caught up with Leighton from Crime and Paranormal, and he's sharing his experiences in his Go Something group. Well, joining me today, um, I'm very excited to talk to a, a lovely young gentleman called Leighton Dalrymple. Love the name. And he has an Instagram account called Crime and Paranormal. Welcome to the show, Leighton. Thank you very much for having me on. I can't wait to uh, tell you my stories. Oh, that's fantastic. I can hear you rubbing your hands in excitement. So tell me yes. about, first of all, tell me about, this is very interesting, the shadowy figure that followed you when you were a child. What's that all about? Uh, so I was about, let's say I was only like five or six years old and uh, I moved into a new home and the first couple of weeks were fine. All of a sudden, we, uh, my sister came into my room, uh, stupid o'clock, and uh, she were crying and she didn't know what to do. She was saying there's something here with us and she she thought it was someone in like if you know what I mean in the house like someone had broke in. So we went into my parents' room. We both were very scared, upset, saying there's something following us around the house, but we can't see who it is because it was very dark. So my dad gets up, checks around the house, there's nothing there at the time. And that was that for a couple of days and then I woke up one night uh, with the same thing and this time it was a tall black figure like let's say six about six foot five ish couldn't see any uh, facial features or anything like that it was very very scary he was hovering like over my bed like directly looking at me and I didn't know what to do I started screaming and crying and my parents came into my room saying, what is it? And I'm like, there's something here. Like there was some someone watching me whilst I was sleeping. We started seeing it a bit more often around the house. Um, but it tended to follow me everywhere. Like everywhere I went to around the house, it would follow me everywhere. Eventually my, my dad seen the figure and he eventually had to like, because he thought it was someone in the house, he chased them around the house and then eventually just disappeared into thin air. <laughs> My mum's friend actually came around to spend the night and we had a conservatory that where she st- where she stopped over. She was fine for like the quarter of the night until she ran out the house screaming because there was something in there with her following her all over the house. Um, and she never returned to that house. How old? How old was the house? The street itself is quite old, mm. um, but I think the whole figure that the the thing that was actually following us came from my mum. She uh, did the Ouija board when she was younger. Stuff started to happen. Uh, like the morning after they did it, she did it with a friend. Her mum's friend rang up my mum, my nana, saying, "What has your daughter done?" Uh, because there was. 
apparently stuff was going on in the house, like the curtains and stuff were going all over, like moving and stuff like that. I think it like attached itself to my mum, to that new house when she's grown up. And then when we moved out of the house, we know the people who moved into the house after us. They said they kept feeling like, very eerie around the house. They could smell, um, what's it called? Like le- a leak coming from somewhere in the house. They rang up someone who knows about, you know, cables and stuff like that. And they said that if you would have left this any longer, the, the street wouldn't be here because apparently there was a very bad leak and it, they were surprised that it hadn't blown up. So whether the, the shadow figure was trying to, you know, warn us that to get out of the house because there's something bad's going to happen or somehow attached itself to my mum when she was younger and only just showed itself because I was a child. Did you ever find out who it was or? Yeah, this was only recent. I'm talking like the past year or so. My mum, she started having like really bad dreams because my mum, she's a, she's a medium. She does like tarot cards and you know mm. stuff like that. She started having really weird dreams about this figure that was wouldn't leave her alone to the point where she couldn't sleep. And one night she woke up and she could see the figure, but the figure was attached to her back. Like apparently she said to me, described as like big claws to her, her back. Like there's four of them into each side of her back, lower and upper. She has a, a friend who she grew up with. She's called Sharon. Um, She's a medium also. And apparently she was up all night with her friends trying to unattach this this thing off of my mum's back. Yeah, how frightening though for that to happen and for your dad to have seen it and to be chasing it through the house and it disappear in front of him. That's that's extraordinary. Yeah. So we move on from that. So is that really what got you interested in, in the paranormal? And also your, as I said, your Instagram account is called Crime yeah. and Paranormal. So yeah. obviously you're into the two subjects crossing, are you? Yeah, so it all started with... Um, that uh, the lady who I called Sharon before she was downstairs. I was with my friends at the time. It was my birthday. My mum messaged me saying, "Can you come down for a moment?" That's what I did. She turned around to me and went, "Layton, there's actually a lot of spirits that I want to try and speak to you." Obviously, something had happened in the past, but I still didn't hundred percent believe. She she was talking to me about someone who had passed away in my family. I started to get a bit overwhelmed a little bit. So we took a break from the chat and I still wasn't 100% on it until I heard it was a little boy's voice whisper, I love you, into my right ear. And it wasn't my mind playing tricks on me. It was very, very real. Um, And like I said, I never experienced anything like that. And then it all kind of kicked off from there. Like I was still at school. I I turned around to one of my friends and uh, I'd gone, why don't we look deeper into the paranormal and see what we could figure out? And he was down to do that. Got a couple of bits of equipment, uh, dowsing rods, a couple of cat balls. We just went around my house trying to find ghosts and it was really, really fun. We didn't get too much. Every time we did it from then, it got more, more, more active. One time... I did. Uh, I had a couple of friends round, showing them about how we do it and stuff like that. 
So we're about to hold hands, do a seance. Next second, she goes, my feet are really cold. So I turned on the the light and her shoes have been tied together. That happened. And then we thought, let's make an Instagram page called Crime and Paranormal. And it was born, yeah. And so um, you, you go to different places, as a lot of paranormal groups do, and you had an encounter at Gorethorpe Hall. Tell us about that. We, we went down. It was about, let's say, quarter past 10-ish, went down, did a few bits with a dowsing rods and stuff like that. And we all split up into groups. There was about eight of us, I think. We went off into two different groups, four on each side, uh, into different sections of the... Like the, you know, go for Paul, how they've got woods in the background. Um, mm-hmm. So we went to different parts of the woods. My group, we saw someone running through the woods. Oh, spooky. That's scary. <laughs> we went down into like the under tunnel bit below where the stairs are. And we just thought we'd stand there, take pictures and see what would happen. And you could actually see someone peeping around the corner. And we actually caught like six or seven ghosts on one picture. When we was about to leave, we started packing up. We heard to be a demonic scream come from the woods. Oh, that's a shame. It's always the way, isn't it? Just as you're packing up or you're leaving, something always happens. Um, we heard a whistle from from behind one of the other team members. And then as soon as that happened, the scream happened again. But it was like the scream was following us through the woods. It got to the point where we had to contact the police just in case, you know, it was that real, you know, just in case anything bad wow. didn't happen. Yeah. That's um, frightening to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it was very, very crazy. The, probably the most scariest experience of my life. You know, the person that you saw running through the woods, was it a real man? You know, then you hear a horrible, horrible scream, you know, like you you did the right thing by calling the police. I mean, because you don't know, is it? You, you actually actually think to yourself, it's more frightening if it was humans than it was ghosts, isn't it? Really? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, so that happened, and then I actually came down with a few people on my own, and we seen a man. He looked very, very real. Um, he was walking a dog. He came through with his dog, and then about two minutes later, somehow he appeared on the other side of the hall. I don't know how that was, would be possible if it was one minute next to us. We was at the entrance, by the way. So the mm. entrance, and then he was on two minutes later. He was on the other side of the hall, um, just staring at us with his dog. See, that's interesting. We've had had we've had a few of those uh, cases and sightings where we've talked about them on the show, where one person can be seen in one area, and then literally seconds later. They're in a completely different area that they would not have been able to have covered in that time. Um, so it's, that's really spooky, yeah. It's like we're trying to keep us in a certain space of uh, area of the hall. After that, the uh, security came down because apparently someone had made a call saying that there was a lot of screaming going on down at the hall, Obviously, uh, which at the time there wasn't. But the hall's kind of closed off. There's not there's not many houses. So I'm just kind of like, who's actually called the security to say that there's someone there? 
when there isn't actually many people who could have heard anything if there was. That sounds absolutely fascinating. And uh, I would uh, urge anybody that fancies a, an adventure at nighttime to try and uh, see if you can go to Gawthorpe Hall because it sounds like a really great place. Leighton, thank you so very much for chatting to us. And if you want to catch up with and sort of keep in touch with what Leighton's up to, then go to his Instagram uh, page, which is called Crime and Paranormal. Will you keep in touch with us? Let us know if uh, you know what your findings are and anything yeah. else that you might be able to capture. Yeah, 100%. Thank you very much for having me on. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And now we have an update from Ollie, who was seeing shadow figures around his home. Hi Yvette, back in October, November time, my email was featured on a listener's special. It was regarding shadow figures and cape-like wisps being seen around my home. Well, the activity continues. My daughter has seen lots of shadow figures walking across our landing and running into her bedroom before disappearing at the door. We've had objects move from where we left them, sounds of running footsteps banging across our landing and plenty more. I forgot to mention in my original email that we live in a new build, about three years old now, and we're surrounded by beautiful fields with cows and sheep residing in them. And it's wonderful to wake up to sights like these, especially in the summer months. I'm jealous. After your response on the podcast, I decided to check out Northampton's archives and did a bit of digging on the area I live in. When they broke ground, they found numerous artefacts 
uh, which included arrowheads, pottery shards, and a few bones. They had a team come in and scanned the ground and found that deep underground are the remains of a few buildings. Unfortunately, I couldn't get any further information, but we'll give it 12 months and see if any new data has been entered, as somebody at the archives explained that the artefacts and scans would still be being examined as there's no time period as to which these artefacts uh, would have come from. Well, I'm sure they're going to find out what time period the artefacts are going to come from. They have to. Anyway, Ollie continues, I'm as excited as a dog with a line full of trees and a belly full of wee, whatever that means, <laughs> waiting for further entries at the archives. All the best as always, Ollie Tipler. Brilliant, Ollie. I am so chuffed you had a dig around into the history of the land. Pardon the pun, dig. Uh, as I said before, with new builds, concentrate on the land and surrounding area. There's always a reason as to why paranormal activity is present in a home, no matter how old the building is. And just a thought, when you get a time period for the houses, arrowheads and pottery, from there, you'll be able to find out what kind of people uh, live there, uh, Saxon, Viking, etc. And from there, you can find out a few words in their language. And when the next spate of activity occurs, why don't you call out in that language and see what happens? Oh, I'm so excited. Please let me know what happens next, Dolly? Next up, we have a voice note sent in on WhatsApp where this particular person has experiences in a priory. I do love a good priory in Leicestershire, on a plane to Holland and in her Victorian home. Um, hi, Yvette and uh, Molly and Carl and Stuart. I'm loving your podcast. Um, I've been a bit late to the party on it. Just kind of binged, listened to a lot just recently. find it absolutely fascinating. I've done quite a few ghost hunts at places like Drakelow Tunnels, uh, the Old Nick Theatre in Gainsborough, um, Woodchester Mansion, but then some smaller groups where I just wanted to share a couple of my experiences. So there's this priory in Leicestershire that we went on a small ghost hunt evening. It was quite a few years ago now. And I just sort of really uh, wanted to sort of just be my, by myself, really, and just see what I could pick up. Uh, and I've had like mediums say that I'm sensitive, but I'm I'm not sure about that, to be honest. But I'm very open minded and sometimes I do sort of randomly get a name or sometimes some strange dreams and things like that. But um, nothing sort of prominent. But I was just standing um, in the kitchen, sort of kitchen area of the ruins of this priory. And um, I was just sort of listening. And then suddenly in my right ear, I heard this uh, woman panting. I could, I just knew it was a woman. It just sounded female, and it just sounded really out of breath, like as if um, she'd been running or something. Um, and I, well, it didn't scare me, but it was just, you know, really up close and personal, and I, I did just didn't find it frightening, but I was just so curious. And then lots of other people that night picked up lots of things. There was like um, a figure of a black man that came up in a few people's photos in the background. Um, you could hear church music in one area. And then there was um, some interesting um, sort of light scene by the Standing Stone, I think, and the forest areas 
really quite spooky and lots of orbs and things like that. But that was my main experience at this priory. And then I sort of really liked going there to sort of have a relaxing sort of Sunday afternoon. And I remember it must have been about a year later um, in the summer, I visited the priory again and um, I was just sat, you know, um, on the grass in the sunshine, um, just enjoying you know, relaxing and looking at the lovely ruins. I find it really peaceful there. And this little late, little old lady sort of like came up to me um, and she said, oh, hello, we're the friends of this priory. Uh, would you like to buy a leaflet? And uh, she showed me two leaflets, one on the history and then one on the sort of ghosts of the priory. So, of course, I was like, I'll have the ghost ones, please. Um, so I paid for this leaflet and just sat and, and read it. And then, to my surprise, um, there was a whole section about an asthma asthmatic nun. And um, it just suddenly sort of dawned on me that, I think I'd experienced that asthmatic nun. So that was quite exciting. And then some other experiences I've had, I used to work as a security officer and I used to uh, lock up um, a well-known palace in Brighton at night. And if you were doing the locking up, you'd do the shift on your own while somebody else in the team was sat in the control room and you can't leave the control room so you know that you're the only person in the building and there was quite a few strange things going on in that palace and um, certainly in the king's bedroom when I first did my first shift on my own um, doing sort of swipe points I distinctly heard a very loud <coughs> kind of cough and um, male uh, coming from the king's bed area um, so yeah wouldn't it be great if that was um, the king that lived there but um, again wasn't scared but just fascinated and then um, there was another night after a shift my manager came up to me on my shift the next day from an evening shift and um, he was going around asking everyone on that shift you know had they moved the cutlery and chairs in um, the banqueting room because it had been found in the morning where everything was a bit disarray so you know, and it, it, I was completely adamant of like, no, you know, nobody, nobody touched it. So that was strange as well. And then down one of the corridors, uh, no, sorry, the one of the tunnels, I saw a yellow bird randomly and there was no windows or anything that a bird could have come in and it seemed to sort of vanish. That was quite strange. And I'd heard lots of stories of in that palace of, you know, the hearing of chinking of glasses and laughter in um, some of the banqueting rooms and then for security to find that there was no one, no one there. Um, and then I know from some of your other podcasts, you've talked about experiences of loved ones and I had a really strong um, experience of feeling like my my granddad was with me um and so so the story was that um I was going to Holland on a plane and um, to go and um speak at a, an event I was on the flight um busily sort of finishing um some work so totally immersed in my work and not thinking about him or or any or anything like that um, and then suddenly the sunlight came through the window at the first 
uh, you know, I could just sort of start to see the, the coastline of Holland. And the sunshine came through the window and it was almost like I had this really strange bodily experience where literally from the end of my toes right up my legs all the way up into my body into my head it was like this rush and it was it felt amazing and it and I just instantly looked up and had this experience and I just went granddad granddad's here and it just totally took me by surprise that I sort of connected with him and then literally I did my um conference and uh talk in Holland and then I met up with some of my family um, and um, one of my cousins uh, said that oh yeah you, you know I talked to said about the plane and the journey and everything and um, randomly my cousin said oh yeah um, your granddad would get ever so excited going on the plane to Holland um, and would get really excited at the first sight of Holland so that was sort of evidence for me anyway that I'd had um, a really kind of spiritual connection with my granddad um, and he's certainly been in my dreams and told me he loves me and things like that which is really comforting and um, I haven't had any for years but shortly after he died I did experience that and then I was very unwell um, a couple of years ago and I did some kind of I'm an artist and I did some sort of automatic drawing and um, it kind of freaked me out, I must admit, but I was doing some just, you know, sort of automatic drawing and my granddad's face actually came out of that drawing. So I kind of felt like he was with me during that difficult time as well. Um, I've just recently bought a new house, which is quite old, um, 1890, um, and just recently had a really strange experience in the garden of calling my cats and saw my cats sort of stop on the wall. Normally they just charge straight in, but um, my cat sort of stopped and was looking very puzzled. And I saw this large see-through cat, um, literally fast as anything, just running uh, on along the wall. And then it jumped and disappeared. It vanished in thin air in front of me. And it looked like, you know, and I kind of almost like yelped a bit because I thought, oh my God, like it, 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 it's falling off the wall, but it literally kind of jumped and disappeared. So that's, that's, that's interested me about, um, about uh, where I'm living now, but I'm sure I've got loads of other experiences and stories that I could mention, but I don't want to sort of, you know, go on for too long. But um, yes, anyway, um, my name's Emma and um, yeah, loving the podcast. Please keep up the good work and keep keep on going because um, I literally am like checking every day now if there's like something to listen to. Um, it's great when I'm having a bath as well, I like to have a little listen and, and in the car as well. So yeah, just love it. So I hope this is um, interesting. Thanks for your good work and yeah. Um, Thanks a lot. Bye.
Well, a nun, a king possibly clearing his throat. Don't you just love voice phenomena? I think it has to be my favorite activity of all. To actually hear their voices is so special. I love that you connected with your granddad. It's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? It's so exciting and so, so special. You really can't uh, put it into words, the feeling that you have when you connect with a loved one. I had uh, that similar feeling uh, in the car when my grandma came to me. I knew she was in the car giving me so much love. I'll never forget it. I was pregnant at the time with Mary and I was driving away on the motorway and I don't know what happened. I just felt this feeling rush from my feet all the way up to my head. And I felt that someone was sitting next to me in the passenger seat. And then I smelt, um, it wasn't perfume, but you know, like, like it was sort of like a nice talky smell that my grandma used to have. Um, it was that smell and I knew she was there and I put my hand on the passenger seat and I had tears streaming down my face and I felt this warmth, uh, on my hand. I knew she was there. I knew she was there. Uh, I was on top of the world for weeks when that happened. And I also think that you're the first person to tell me that you've seen the spirit of a cat. I hope it doesn't try to get onto your bed at night. That would be a joy, wouldn't it? Flipping heck. Lots of love, Emma, and I hope you're enjoying your bath. Now, let's catch up with the Southport Spirit Sisters, a ghost hunting group who have been actively investigating for four years. Welcome, Sarah. It's nice to hear your voice. We have met before. We've investigated uh, before, haven't we, together? We have. Yes, yes. Lovely. Thank you for having me on. No, not at all. It was lovely because I was, I was just going through some old photographs and there we all are, you know. Um, I think it was at the Southport Museum that we investigated together, which is a fascinating place, yes. isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I love it because I remember going there as a little girl on school trips in the museum. So it's we had to go there. So it was brilliant. And, and I noticed as well that you've done a couple of places um, that we've investigated. Um, Accrington Police Station and Courts is, a, is another good one. And I know you've got some uh, good phenomena there, haven't you? Yes, uh, we've been quite a few times to Accrington. That's probably our favourite place. Um, the the activity is just it's something that we've never really experienced every time we go it's always something different but we've had like evp from there um we've caught things using an sls camera but it it's also just the noises that you hear like you can hear the doors slamming you know we've had whistling footsteps we've even seen an apparition there as well which is just amazing <laughs> Oh, now, come on now. Now, wait a minute. Pausing now because we're, we, you're actually called Southport Spirit Sisters. And I, you said to me, Sarah, oh, my sister's late. She's running late. Yes. So <laughs> we might hear a doorbell in the distance and then she can join us yes. as well. But I wanted to ask you, so tell me about the apparition at Accrington. How fascinating. It, do you know, it was something that we, we still can't believe it. We talk about it now and we're just like, did that happen? We were, um, we'd come down the stairs in, in courtroom one where the sort of the cells are, the male cells. Um, mm -hmm. And we were sat in there and there was uh, two others, a brother and a sister with us that we've sort of met before. And we'd all set up, had the cat balls, had the laser uh, torch on. And we were just sort of chatting like you do. Um, and we heard these footsteps coming down the courtroom steps. So um, we were sort of like, hello, who's there? And then next thing we, we knew, we, we saw this leg come, come round the stairs and it, it just sort of stayed there as if somebody realised that we were sort of doing 
um, we were shouting out and things. Um, and they never moved. And we were like, oh, hello, who's there? You know, shout who it is, because there was other people in the courts at the same time. And there was not a sound. And then the leg just sort of went back and disappeared. But there was no footsteps going back up the stairs. So we, we all sort of looked at each other and we were like, hang on, what what's just happened? Because um, it was an extremely modern looking leg as well which is always quite funny because like you, you expect to see apparitions don't you when you think of all victorian sort of ghosts and see-through but this mm. was as if a person had walked down in jeans um and a pair of trainers so we sort of went back upstairs um, and there'd been a couple of people sat up there and we were like who's come down they were like no one has been in this room we've been sat here this entire time we were like no someone's someone's been down we heard them um, and they were adamant not a soul had been in there, just them two sort of sat watching and listening. And we went around the rest of the people sort of eyeing up what they were wearing, and there was not one single person um, that had on what we had seen. So we sort of were like, is, is this an apparition? Is this what we've seen? And everyone was absolutely amazed, and we, we could, like, everyone said where they were at the time they were happening, so everyone was sort of accounted for. So we're like, we must have seen something and we just find it amazing because it, it just happened so fast and it was someone just like dressed like myself on an event but there was no one we could account for everyone and it was it was just so strange so very interesting yeah it's fascinating isn't it when you you think you've seen something and you that's that's not right that's unusual and yeah. then you well as you know you you sort of start running around rushing around and asking questions did was there anybody else here was it and then that realization that hits home that actually no there's nobody else that could have done that there's yeah. nobody else it's it's a wonderful feeling because and also very confusing as well <laughs> yeah a, extremely yeah. confusing and we just it was just as if someone had walked down and I think it was the fact that we'd heard the footsteps and we all started going oh who is it just shout who it yeah, is yeah and then yeah. it just disappeared no sound no no nothing so it was how it was fascinating it, it doesn't surprise me it doesn't surprise me with Accrington I mean you probably know of the of um, my literally my my daughter has just walked past um the, the door here uh, Mary and yeah. she was uh, on a most haunted experience as one of the team leaders and um you know the, the cells that you were just talking about where you probably were um we were doing yeah. a most haunted experience and some guests were in the um were in the cells and the the locks um don't move there's no there's no keys there's no, no that the machine right so um they all shut the doors and bizarrely enough one of the cells the 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 lock locked on its own the deadbolt went across but there's yeah. no key in there and um my poor daughter she had to sort of you know keep the guests calm in the cells oh, um gosh. and they had to call the fire, they had to call the fire brigade out and the police oh i had no idea that was mary i, I, I think yes. when i've been there everyone tells that story they love saying all oh, this has happened but i had no idea it happened to mary <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, oh. when she came home, I mean, I, I can't remember. I think I must have been fast asleep in bed, you know, having a night off, and yeah. Mary was having all this adventure, you know. Uh, yeah, but it made the the papers and everything. It was but, like, it's the kind oh of stuff gosh. you want to happen, though, isn't it? But I think when it happens to you, you're sort of like, oh, actually, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I know, and and the fact that the fire brigade had to cut 
down the deadbolt to open the door. There were no keys. And since then, all the bolts have been taken out because they don't want that happening again. And to me, that to me was an amazing piece of paranormal activity because there's no logical explanation as to why that should happen because there's no way that anybody could have manipulated that lock and they're big, thick locks, aren't they? There's no way that anybody could could have got a hairpin or anything like that. And the people, the poor guests inside were like, I mean, enjoying it because it was like, <laughs> wow, you know, we've asked yeah. to be locked in and you got locked in. So that's yeah. Accrington. So would you, you say that's, you know, you, one of your top places to investigate? Most definitely. Yeah. We, we'd go there in a drop of a hat. If anyone was like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to come here? We'd be like, yep, not a problem. Yeah, we love you it. Go. And what's yeah. got, what sorted you off in the world of the paranormal yourself and your sister? We've always sort of had different experiences um when we were growing up with um, my mum and my dad and my granddad lived with us as well um we all sort of you'd be lying in bed at night and you could hear like someone running like downstairs and you'd be thinking oh, what's that and everyone would hear it um, and then it sort of progressed to like more more things um my granddad would often see a little girl sort of dressed in a he would describe it as a sort of victorian like the old pinafores on a little Mm -hmm. girl um and she would stand in the kitchen which we always found really strange because the kitchen was sort of an extension to our house Our, our house was quite old it was sort of the mid 1800s it was built um and he would always see it. And we sort of thought, oh, is he pulling our leg a little bit? Because that was our granddad all over. But my sister actually saw her one day. Um, she had come out of the, the bathroom and was walking back towards the lounge. And she was standing in the lounge. And uh, I always remember my sister telling me that she just ran up the stairs because she only must have been about 13, 14 at the time. And she'd gone upstairs and just shut the door and never came back out until my mum came back home. And she was like, wow. that's it. Um, <laughs> but it's sort of like, progressed to where we would then start hearing voices um I would often hear my name it's like someone whispering um Sarah and I remember once going up the stairs we sort of had this um loft extension built so I could have my own bedroom being a teenager and everything I was like I don't want to share with my sister so um we were going I was going up the stairs um and just as clear as day someone just whispered Sarah so I sort of turned around um on the stairs and it, it took me a few seconds to realize that I was home alone in the house um so I legged it up the stairs and was like no nope, that's it I'm staying there <laughs> but my mum would often hear someone saying mum um and she'd turn around expecting one of us to be there and there was no one no one there um and it would just be like different places that we'd go I think we've always been quite a spiritual family my mum is really she believes in everything in in ghosts and spirits um so everywhere we would go we would sort of experience something and I think the older me and my sister got, the more we started to see and hear. Um, we've been to like different places on on holiday. Um, we've been to like um, an old uh, farmhouse in France um, when I was about nineteen. And um, as soon as we walked in, we were just we just knew we were like, oh, something's going to happen. Um, and there was one night where I'd I'd taken this bedroom at the top of the house, um, and sort of had been dozing off, and I'd left. a a lamp on because I was like I'm not sleeping in the dark not here Mm. Um, and the lamp went off by itself um, and there was sort of two on each side of the bed Um, so I rolled over to put the lamp back on and the other one came on so I was like 
oh so as I like rolled over then the other one came on and it would sort of alternate lamps would come on until I was like oh I don't think this is right and my mum had to come and get me and we'd all sleep together in this big room I mean you you probably understand this when you just feel like there's somebody staring at you and you could get different smells we'd all be sort of sitting around and a smell would just come through and we'd all be like oh what's that um and it's just all been different things like that so eventually we just my sister and I just got more and more into it and just wanted to sort of do this more often and just carry on with it and the more and more you do the more you'll 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 get you you find that don't you you know and and because you're sisters you trust each other because you've got that history together you know don't you you can trust each other absolutely most definitely I think when we first did um we sort of always wanted to go on um like events and it was about I think coming up to like five years this year and we sort of my sister booked onto Croxteth Hall um with um Most Haunted and mm. we were we were like oh no we're gonna go do it and then we we didn't know what to expect really because we thought you never know the kind of experience you're gonna get and we thought no we're gonna go and just let's see what happens and straight away we were getting the taps um we got this palmer violet smell this really sweet smell in the kitchen we were getting responses to questions and that was our very first one and we came home and we were just like we're already hooked and that was it it just <laughs> became more and more and then we just ended up we sort of just started we were like we'll just become our own little group and we just we just love it we can go on holiday together um and we'll go to different places or we'll have like a day out and we'll go to like speak hall or somewhere you know rufford old hall and um, I mean, our family, our husbands and our kids are just like, oh, there they go. Because we're like, we'll just start calling out in a room. <laughs> but the kids love it as well. They're just used to us now. <laughs> it'll get to the it'll get to the point where it's like me and Carl. We'll we'll go up to a restaurant, and you'll you will you'll get to a point where I'm not kidding. We'll sit down at a table, and the knocking will start, and the cutlery will start vibrating, and me and Carl are putting our hands down on the table because the table is starting to move, and we're like, people are looking, people are uh, looking. <laughs> I I'm talking to the table, going tap twice, tap twice if that's you, Dad. Tap twice if it's you know, once if it's somebody else. And Carl's going stop talking to the table, people are looking at us and, and honest to honest to god it's it's the weirdest and most amazing thing and I, we and i know you you and your sister will feel the same blessed i think we are so blessed to be able to get what what we get don't you think absolutely yeah it's it's just absolutely fascinating to me I love it. I really do. And I just, I do, I feel really grateful that I can experience these things because I know when, when we're with other people and you can hear something and they can't and you can see them sort of getting really frustrated and it just sort of builds and you have to sort of naturally let it come to you. Yeah. And yeah. until you get it, it can be really frustrating. But once you do, you just feel amazed. And I, I do, blessed is the, is the right word. I do. We both do. We're just utterly amazed. And the lovely thing as well is I love talking to people like when we go on a most haunted experience and meet lovely people like yourselves and you can talk about your experiences with like-minded people and they don't look at me like, oh, she's completely off a rocker, isn't she? I mean, my God, she's, you know, she's talking to a, a table thinking it's a dad for God's sake, you know, but you yeah. can, you can, I can <laughs> talk to, to you and you'll go, oh yes, no, we've yeah. had that and so on and so on. But I also think what we do, you and your lovely sister, you know, it's, 
a great comfort, I think, to other people who haven't experienced these things because you can tell them, particularly if they've lost a loved one, actually, you know, we've had experiences and you can recall, like you told us, you know, some of the experiences you've had and your family have had. And I think that can be a real comfort to somebody who's, who's just lost a loved one to share with them. And I think that's what it's about. You know, we must share any, and anybody who's listening, if you have had experiences, don't feel embarrassed about sharing them, especially if somebody's lost a loved one, because we know we're the, we're the blessed ones. We know we've experienced it, that there is life after death. Definitely. Now, for those people who want to follow you, Sarah, um, you are on Instagram under Southport Spirit Sisters. Am I correct? That is correct, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So we can follow your adventures. And no doubt, Sarah, I will see you, um, I will see you no doubt on another Most Haunted Experience. Yes, that would be amazing. I'd love to, yes. <laughs> Before we finish up today, I wanted to answer some questions from our Discord server. So the first question is, do you think people who have passed see their own time or our time or a combination of both? Well, definitely both. I've been told from the other side that they can see us and the new surroundings. I remember being in an Airbnb, a little cottage by the sea, and the spirits tapped through and told me and my husband, Carl, that they were not happy with the way the house was being looked after and wanted a family to live in the home permanently. They said they were tired of all the different people coming and going. When I asked the spirits inside private homes if they see the house as it was when they lived there, they say yes, but when they see a new family come in and knock a wall down or add a conservatory, they may be happy with the change. And then again, they might not. And some spirits won't hesitate, as we all know, to let the living owner know about it. So yes, I think they do see both. And I think for some bizarre reason, I don't think we can comprehend it yet. When you pass on, it's like time is different uh, on the next plane. You're able to see things many different ways and many different times. Um, and it, it all seems so odd and bizarre and so um, far-fetched to us now on this plane. But when we go over there, it's so light and the vibration is so much higher. Honestly, we cannot even begin to comprehend what we are what what our brain is is capable of, what our soul is, where we've come from, where we're going. Oh, just so many questions. <laughs> and, and like I say, will we ever discover? Will we ever find out? I don't know, but it certainly makes you think, doesn't it? Another question, people who have passed in an unpleasant way, do you think they stay around? No, not all the time. Some spirits move over very quickly, but upon arriving on the other side, um, they're taken care of and are gently introduced to their new surroundings. Other spirits are held back by their negative emotions like rage, anger, and revenge. And at a certain point, that spirit will eventually move on. It might need some help, but they will move on. You always hear about loved ones making contact, but what about the people you don't want to see again? Do you think we meet up with them in the end as well? Well, I think if someone has done something awful to you in this life, you will not see them again. Only if a lesson of some kind has been learned by this negative experience, then perhaps you may well see them. But when you do, you won't feel, I know this sounds really weird, you won't feel any negativity towards them. All you'll feel is love and forgiveness. 
And don't forget when you pass on, you're still you, but your soul is a bigger part of you, a soul that has lived many, many times and a soul that has learned many, many lessons. Why do you think there are so many exorcisms needed in Italy compared to other countries? This is a great question. I think a lot of it has to do with religion. Many Italians are devout Catholics uh, and those people take their faith very, very seriously. The devil or demons seem to be possessing many Italians, so much so that huge queues from outside various churches in Italy, uh, uh, all the people are there waiting for the priest to exorcise them of the demons that ravage their bodies. Is it just the mind believing that the devil is possessing their very souls because the Bible and their religion tells them so? Or is something more sinister going on here? Are there more demons in Italy? The Catholic Church believes when asked, quote, that more and more Italians are turning to spiritually dangerous activities, end quote. I assume they mean tarot cards, Ouija boards and the like. The Vatican Radio suggested that there are about half a million requests for exorcists each year, that only a small minority will actually need prayers of deliverance, let alone a full exorcism. Often the cause will be a psychological or spiritual problem. Hmm. Let me know what you think. Interesting, isn't it? I'd love to talk to a Catholic exorcist from the Vatican. Molly, get on to it. <laughs> Did you know that they have their own department in the Vatican as well? Oh, there's a lot going on there. Is there a site, a location, um, a subject that we need to cover on the podcast that we haven't yet or have an experience in a place we haven't yet spoken about? Uh, get in touch with us and share your stories at this address. It's at contactparanormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp. And please, I love hearing your voices. Do you know when I press that little triangle on my phone and I'm listening away to, to WhatsApp and I hear all these voices come up and they go, hello, Yvette. Do you know, it makes my heart sing. Honestly, it's it really does make my week. So please send me a new voice note. I love it. Here's the number 075-999-27537. We are on Instagram and the handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, you can visit us at www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week. Stay safe. And if anything strange, peculiar, weird, paranormal, anything like that happens to you or anybody that you know, then get in touch. Report back to base. Remember, things aren't always as they seem. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.